Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm James Bell, your host, and the first season is all about Bentonville's outdoor recreation uh, industry. Today, I'm excited to uh, have here, I guess not in the studio since we're going remote today, uh, Bryce Payton and Ryan Shelton, who are both serial entrepreneurs and two of the co-founders of FlowFeed. Bryce and Ryan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it, James. Hey, well, let's start this off with the uh, softball question. Um, how about if you share your stories uh, with our audience? Tell us about you. Sure, I guess I'll, I'll kick it off. So I'm Bryce. Um, I've been in Bentonville uh, since graduating from University of Arkansas in, in 2014. Um, originally started out in, in the Walmart world, like like many of us do here, and quickly got into the emerging tech ecosystem. So playing around with robotics and virtual reality and some of these kind of 10 to 15 year out transformational technologies uh, that eventually led me down the entrepreneurship path. So a lot of my role was interfacing directly with startups outside of Walmart, building these technologies and just being kind of inundated in that ecosystem. Uh, I, I wanted to go out and, and try to, to see if I could do it too. Uh, so launched a um, a technology research firm called Ida to Eye Labs here in Northwest Arkansas, and and that company is still existing. But but basically, what we did is uh, partner large enterprises in the retail space with exciting technology companies, uh, often startups or early stage venture back companies that were building really compelling, exciting products that these enterprises could utilize. And we would kind of sit in the middle and help foster connection between these. Uh, large, often antiquated companies and these small uh, m- small startups that were moving really fast. And we'd kind of uh, handhold there in the middle uh, and make sure that relationship worked well. Um, and then kind of my story takes a sharp right turn like like many entrepreneurial journeys do. And uh, we were at a, my co-founder and I were at a conference in New York for a, um, a tech conference and we did indoor axe throwing in Brooklyn. This would have been in 2017, and it was just kind of starting to catch on in the U.S., and I loved it. Like From the activity standpoint, from the competitive side, I said, this is something I'd love to do just at home for fun, um, and there was really nothing close uh, in that space around Northwest Arkansas or, or Arkansas as a whole. So launched Urban Forest, an indoor axe-throwing venue in, in Bentonville in 2018. We were the first indoor uh, axe-throwing venue in Arkansas. And that's kind of what got me in this recreation space, right? We're building a company that was totally focused on um, providing fun and providing a good time for people and, and how different that is from that B2B world that I was playing in um, and really started to enjoy that space. So pretty quickly that that took off and became much more than uh, the original night and weekend hobby that it was supposed to be. Uh, and I left Eye to Eye Labs and, and basically focused on building and scaling urban forest as kind of the full-time operator there. Um, to make a really long story short, operating an indoor recreation venue uh, going into COVID um, proved to be very challenging. And so that was, we had just brought on an investor and, and we're going to expand into multiple cities uh, across the country. Um and those plans were were ultimately disrupted by by the pandemic, um, but we had built out all of this compelling back end material and uh, a website and, and booking software and kind of all these things to run and scale an indoor recreation venue across the country. And so we were eventually acquired in December of 2020, so just over a year and a few months ago, uh, by a company out of Alabama. And so exited that venture and, and that kind of uh, just freed me up to start thinking about new things. And so we'll get into it a little bit more, kind of how FlowFeed comes after that. But that's a little bit of some of my historical, professional, and, and entrepreneurial journey uh, pre-FlowFeed. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm part of the, uh, my name is Ryan Shelton. I'm part of the quickly growing community in NWA that actually does not work for Walmart. So uh, that's, uh, I came down here. Yes. Uh, last year, beginning of last year, um, uh, from Illinois and, um, uh, my background is in, um, in, in engineering. I have a, a PhD in bioengineering, uh, and that led me into, um, founding a medical device startup in, uh, Illinois back in, um, 
about 2015 and uh, really focused on trying to solve problems for kids that um, have ear infections and helping doctors diagnose and treat uh, those ear infections uh, in, a, in a quicker and more efficient way. So um, moved down here early last year, uh, met up with Bryce and some other folks around Flow Feed. Mountain biking has always been a passion of mine and um, uh, also got into some kind of Web3 and, and blockchain stuff uh, down here, which is another really interesting uh, part of Northwest Arkansas. So that's my my quick how I ended up here. Who knew you could come down here and do mountain biking, dive into Web3, and that, um, as you've probably noticed uh, recently, that uh, biodesign and the med tech space uh, were going to start becoming a hot topic here. I, I um, love it. From with, uh, within about uh, 10 blocks of my house, I can do all of those things in really cool ways. So, yeah, it's been great. Spectacular. Uh, tell me how you each got involved in mountain biking. How'd you get started? Brian, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, I haven't been riding that long. I, I started probably uh, two and a half years ago, and um, really, uh, it was it was probably out of me looking to um, up my uh, my cardio game, try to try to get out, do some exercise, and recognizing that I absolutely loathe running, and that seemed you know seemed like a, a something I should check out. I was about 40 miles from the closest trail system up in Illinois, um, so it was definitely uh, uh, required a little more uh, dedication and work than it does down here in, in uh, you know Northwest Arkansas. But I uh, got my son into it. He's 10. Both my sons ride. Actually, my whole family rides uh, at this point, and, and uh, it's amazing how quickly you progress in your skills when you literally live on the trails. So that's just been uh, really fantastic for the whole family. Cool. Yeah, for me. Um, kind of, I've always been into competitive sports and athletics and activities. And, um, so really it was, it was during COVID when I really started to get into it. Um, just because everything else was closed, like all the other things that I normally would spend time doing, I, I couldn't really do. And so I said, we've got this incredible trail infrastructure here that I've never really explored. I like adrenaline. I love to ski and that kind of stuff. So I thought, you know, I, I bet I'd enjoy it. Um, so bought a bike and, and, you know, having really enjoyed being part of the culture and, um, utilizing the, the incredible resources we have here and in, in the space. So, uh, that's, that's kind of what kickstarted it for me is, uh, having downtime and, um, having the ability to, to start exploring. But what you both said just resonated a lot with me. Uh, Ryan, I used to run a lot, uh, myself, um, people won't believe it, but I once ran a 432 mile just once. Nice. My normal was about a five to five and a half minute mile, but I was much younger and much thinner. Uh, found out that over time that wasn't uh, helpful to my knees. And uh, now I find myself in a place in the last few months where I've decided up my cardio game. And so I've taken up mountain biking. Certainly not very good at it. Got to learn how to keep the rubber side down. Uh, but I can see it's something I'm really going to enjoy. And uh, we've already picked up our uh, young boy, not even two years old yet his uh, first Strider bike so he can learn. And in just a few years, I'm sure he'll be quickly outriding me. Nice. I'm sure. Um, let's, yeah, let's talk about FlowFeed. Uh, tell our audience about it. What is it? How does it work? Yeah, sure. So yeah, FlowFeed is, is a, it's a predictive analytics platform for mountain biking in the form of an app. So we live in a digitized, data-rich world, and we believe that data can add a lot of value to the mountain biking community. Our first big feature we've rolled out basically predicts trail conditions after weather events using real weather and environmental inputs and custom-built algorithms. So no more relying on user reports from trail forks that are three, you know, three weeks, three months old, uh, or relying on 50 different opinions from Facebook forums telling people to stay home or ride everything you know, somewhere in between. Uh, really trying to provide some, some, some data, some actionable information uh, all in real time. Great. Um, so tell me about your team. Uh, how did you find each other? How did you find your co-founders? And why are y'all the right team to build FlowFeed? Yeah, I think this is kind of one of those cool Northwest Arkansas stories. So uh, like I mentioned on, on my side, had just exited Urban Forest and, you know, wasn't really doing anything, kind of took a sabbatical and was just having conversations with past connections. And uh, Dave Fish, another one of our co-founders, he and I actually had a call one evening about something 
totally unrelated to mountain biking. I mean, that wasn't on either of our radar at the time. But at the end of that call, um, we both started talking about just what was going on in Northwest Arkansas and started talking about mountain biking. Um, and it's funny because a couple of weeks previous to that call, my wife uh, at dinner one night, I told her, you know, I'm getting into this. I'm trying to figure out what's good to ride, what's not good to ride. And there's like just a bunch of Facebook pages for each of the trail systems. Like, I can't believe we don't have a singular platform. Well, at the end of that call with Dave, he's like, hey, I'm kind of getting into mountain biking. And have you noticed there's like no digital like platform or anything where you can see everything that's going on? Uh, I know you're into technology. Like, have you ever thought about that? And so it was kind of this funny, uh, you know, serendipitous moment where we had both kind of had that same conversation. So I brought in another good friend of mine, Colby Ritter, who also is now a founder of Flowfeed. Um, he's a great uh, designer. And um, so the three of us, myself, Dave, and Colby, started talking about our vision for what this platform could be, right? How could we share information about our trail systems here? kind of build some type of digital connective tissue to tie together Airbnbs and shuttle services and restaurants and everything that's kind of building up this ecosystem from a physical infrastructure standpoint. And then how could we communicate the things that were being communicated on these different disparate you know, Facebook pages? What, what the conditions were, what trails were closed due to maintenance, you know, how could we do that? Um, so I started talking with Graham Cobb, the former uh, president of, the, of Bentonville Chamber, and he said, I've got somebody you need to meet. He's uh, moving here from Illinois, and I think he's doing something similar. Um, so Graham connected me to Ryan, and then Ryan and, and John Cagle, um, another one of our Flow founders, they were in town uh, in Bentonville, and we met at, um, I think it was Heroes Coffee in, in downtown Bentonville, and just started, I mean, first time we'd ever met, kind of shared what we were both thinking. They were thinking more on this kind of predictive algorithm side. Um, and it's, uh, and we both kind of said, there's no reason for us to be in the same place and try to do this two separate ways. Like let's combine our team, let's combine our resources and, and build something, you know, really exciting and compelling. Um, and so Reese Martin was part of, uh, Ryan and John's team. And so the six of us, um, all decided to combine and build something together. Um, I think it's a, it's a really exciting team because we're six startup founders. So not, this is Flowfeed is not any of our first gig. So from an experience standpoint, I think that's something that you don't often see is having literally six founders found a company. Um, and then also we have such a diverse set of backgrounds. So like Ryan mentioned, you know, he's got a PhD in engineering. Um, I come from the emerging tech space and indoor recreation space. Dave has a PhD in consumer behavior. Colby is an architect and a designer. John and Reese own a software development company. So we kind of have this, you know, really unique um, uh, mix of talent and skill. Um, and then you throw the, the love of mountain biking in there too. And, and I think that's what separates us from a lot of different companies that have tried to play in this space. They're, they're really mountain bike focused and expert mountain bikers, but maybe don't have the rest of that business acumen built out to kind of, you know, design a product and a user interface that that is current and resonates with users. And so I think those are some of the unique things about us and kind of the unique thing about Northwest Arkansas is how collaborative it is and how we were able to take two potentially competing pieces of software and join together to, to build something great. That's great. Um, yeah, I just heard a whole bunch of stuff in there. Uh, an experienced, uh, a diverse experienced uh, team of serial entrepreneurs and the culture of collaboration uh, locally being some of the top themes that I heard there in a world where it's uh, 2.7 times to success for entrepreneurs. And if you think about it, that that really means it's many more times or some number above that for successful entrepreneurs since there's the ones who quit after once or twice. Um, you'll sure have a leg up on uh, everybody uh, around you. So congratulations. Um, why is this team building the app, though? I think you talked about it a little bit. Maybe you can tell us a little more. Yeah, Ryan, go for it since you already started hitting on that piece. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, when when I came down here, um, you know, I moved down here early 2021, like January. And, you know, I was already into mountain biking. Um, 
came down here. Obviously, the the mountain biking scene scene down here was was not the reason that I came, but it was uh, it was definitely icing on the cake. And immediately jumped into the community down here, and that meant you know being on the Facebook forums where most of the conversation happens. And you know, like like Bryce said earlier, I, I kind of recognize the same thing that he and Dave did, which was we get these questions that just keep coming up over and over and over. And what we identified was, was not really a technology problem. It was fundamentally a communication problem. And, you know, all of us being uh, serial entrepreneurs, we understand the importance of communication and especially good communication. And I think that's really what got us started and, and why we're doing this because we believe very strongly in the mountain biking community we want to add a ton of value there because, you know, that's a that's a community we are very invested in. And um, we saw this communication barrier of, uh, you know, how do we how do we tell people about, you know, what should be written down here? What can be written whenever you have somebody coming in from Dallas or coming in from, uh, you know, Kansas City or, you know, Iowa? I've got an Airbnb. And so I get to meet all kinds of people from around the country coming to visit to ride trails. The Airbnb is right on Slaughter Pin. And, um, you get people coming in and, you know, they, they ask, you know, I, I want to be sensitive. I'm a, I'm a good, you know, I, I, I like to, to, uh, be a good steward of trails. So, you know, should we come down? I know it's rained or it's scheduled to rain and, you know, getting a lot of different answers to that question. Um, a lot of times getting the answer of you should just stay. And, you know, not only is that, is that, you know, depriving them of, of an amazing experience down here, but it's also, you know, hurting our economy. It's hurting our mountain biking ecosystem. And that's not to say, you know, the answer is go ride everything. The answer is let's make sure we efficiently communicate all of the excellent trails we have down here that can be ridden in almost any weather condition. Uh, and all of the value that's here, even when, you know, it's wet outside. So that's really, you know, what we saw as as why we wanted to build this app, and then we really were opened up to all of the other places that we could add value in terms of of taking data and making it actionable to your average rider, builder, ecosystem participant, and that's really what got us excited about this as a long term vision and opportunity. Yeah, you know, at the uh, the chamber, I got to tell you, first of all, uh, Ryan, you've been here. I guess one more month than I have and two more months than I started uh, at the chamber. And one, we're one of the first people that I really uh, had an opportunity to talk with who was coming here. Um, I'll catch my train of thought here in a moment. Uh, but anyway, here at the the chamber, uh, we have walk-ins most days, po- folks who are from out of town who want to know if there's a map of all the trails um, on rainy days or days after rain wanting to know, should they ride the trails? We see all the same thing that we see in the fa- those Facebook groups. I follow some of those same Facebook groups. And until FlowFeed, we've been really at a loss as to what to tell them because there's not really a way to build an up-to-date map here, not on paper in the way that many people are looking for when they walk into the chamber uh, because here's a place where across a couple of county region, we have 400 plus miles of single track and we're building a couple of miles a week. There's no way to keep that updated. And so I'm thrilled that y'all have built this uh, because now we have somewhere where we can definitively point people where they can find the answer to that very important question. Um, Other than the obvious that the founders are uh, here in Bentonville, why is this the best place to build FlowFeed? Yeah, I can take that. So when I first you know, considered moving to this area. Um, you know, I have a family that plays into it. I, I am an entrepreneur that is very far from being done. That obviously played into it in a huge role. And, you know, one of the biggest questions I had was, is this somewhere I believe I can build and innovate over the next decade? And, you know, my method for determining this was basically to meet as many people as possible that were innovating in the area. So I can understand the talent, the ecosystem, and the entrepreneurial drive that existed here, as well as gauge the momentum moving forward. And that's kind of how I started this process. Um, one of the first people that I met, actually, I think the first person that I met through uh, a you know, mutual friend down here was uh, Graham Cobb, you know, who, who Bryce mentioned earlier, previous uh, president and CEO of the chamber. And 
just phenomenal uh, guy. But, you know, he, he met with me, you know, took me on a ride, of course, uh, you know, told me the absolutely epic story of him uh, eating it on Blackbird. Um, mm-hmm. Asked him about that. It's incredible. Uh, and, you know, he introduced me to a ton of people. And that was that was really, really helpful and really helped drive my decision making. My conclusion after meeting with you know a lot of people in the area was, you know, while this area still has needs, um, and and from an you know entrepreneurial ecosystem perspective, the raw drive and desire to grow that I found here meant you know huge potential. And being an entrepreneur, I'm always betting on the upside, and I think the upside on entrepreneurship in Northwest Arkansas over the next five years is tremendous. So that's really you know, one of the biggest deciding factors that, that made me pull the trigger on coming down here. And I think anybody that comes to visit and does that homework is going to see the exact same thing. We have smart people. We have capital. We're trying to loosen that capital up a little bit, I think. We're trying to get it a little more on the risk forward side, but it's here. Uh, and amazing economic and ecosystem building blocks. So that's, you know, what I tell people is, is come visit, come see what I saw and make an informed choice. You bet. Well, I think we're going to see a lot more on that capital front over the uh, coming months. Um, there's, you know, some new information that's been public and and I think more that's coming in terms of uh, freeing up capital and building more angel networks and so on. So I think there's a lot uh, of promising uh, direction there. So what's been the response so far to uh, FlowFeed? How are things going? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll take this one too. So, so we do a lot of surveying a lot of engagement in the community you know bryce and i spend an inordinate uh, an inordinate gosh that's a hard word to say james we spend a lot of time we spend a lot of time on facebook forums learning from our users and you know you can you can see us out there in, in those forums and really trying to to understand you know what's working what's the challenge are there other things we should be considering and the response has been extremely positive so i mean we've been blown away at at the support that we've gotten from the community the feedback that we get you know basically this is a brilliant solution to an age-old problem uh that type of feedback far exceeds you know the the naysayers and we do get some of those too right some some people that, that don't see the point or or don't think that this can ever get to a point where um, it makes sense. Um, I think you know most people see FlowFeed as an obvious evolution in mountain biking. That doesn't mean it's all you know glowing. This is a iterative project that will always be improving. And you know that's one of the first things we've got a, a beta label on our site. We have learned so much over the last year, uh, basically building something that's never been built before. I mean, we're, we're having to consider things uh, and build an algorithm that takes considerations that, that just aren't really thought about and, and trying to then spit out an answer. So um, amazing feedback so far that has basically um, helped us uh, hone this into the product that it is right now and the, the resource that it is. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just constantly trying to take that feedback and make it better and better and better. I can confidently say, though, we found a customer pain point and we strongly believe we have a compelling solution for that pain point. So that's that's kind of the first box I, I typically want to check when I'm you know trying to kick off a new project. Right. I mean, serial entrepreneurs with success behind them, a real pain point. I can make a list of about 10 things. Sign me up. Where can I write that check? Yeah, we'll talk. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, any new features coming we should uh, know about? Maybe minus sure. the top secret if you have top secret ones. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, our, our, if if we showed everybody our feature list, it would it would run off your screen, right? We we are not short on ideas. Um, I would say the you know trail conditions was the the first box we needed to check, and that be that that was pretty clear from when you look at these forums, when you look at the questions that are being asked. They continually reverted back to what can I ride? What can I not ride? What's good to ride? What's not good to ride? So we said, okay, let's try to attack the biggest communication problem first. Um, and now we're kind of moving into this next phase of, of recommendations. So once we're able to understand what's happening at the trail level, now how can we start to understand you as a rider and start to recommend specific trails to you? James, you mentioned you know, two miles of trail a week is being constructed. That means even local people 
can't keep up with what's being built. So maybe I've got, you know, my five trails that I go out and ride every Thursday night, but I don't know that three miles down the road, there's a trail that I would love that I've never been to. So um, how can we let people build out a profile? Tell us if you're a you know, beginner, intermediate, advanced rider. Do you like jumps? Do you not like jumps? Do you, um, you know, do you want to work on drops somewhere? Uh, and then how can we start to send you to those places? You pair that with conditions and we can say, hey, we know you like this type of trail. It rained in Bentonville last night. Here's a comparable trail in Fayetteville that you might love. And if you're, you know, here for three days and you don't want to miss a day of riding, here's, you know, here's another great option for you. So recommendations are, um, we've started to introduce now on, on FlowFeed, you'll see you can filter trails by feature. So you can filter by jumps, by drops, by burns, by ladder bridges, all these features and start to discover trails yourself that have things you might want to ride. So that's kind of step one of that. And then we'll start building out that, you know, kind of profile side um, and start doing some of that suggesting to you. So uh, that's, you know, this recommendation engine is kind of the next big piece. You mentioned mapping. We actually have static maps coming to FlowFeed very shortly. So we've got most of those built out. Um, so you'll be able to see a general outline of the trail on the individual trail card and kind of see where it starts and stops and get an understanding of, of where it may intersect with something else. Um, so that's coming very soon. Um, we just recently released live weather. Um, so while we've always kind of shown the, the condition of a trail, we're now showing live weather. Um, so we even show sunrise sunset. So as you're hopefully, you know, trying to plan your ride or plan your day, we're giving you some of that information. So, uh, you know, kind of Ryan mentioned, if this comes out four weeks from now, who knows how many features, uh, you'll have, you'll have seen that we won't mention here, but, um, always iterating. And then, you know, the other thing that a lot of people won't see, but I do think is important is, is all the backend infrastructure we're building for like a trail manager or trail builder, right? I mean, how can they, um, you know, actually utilize FlowFeed uh, as a communication source and potentially as a project management source as well, where you can actually manually close down a trail and you can put in there, this is why the trail's closed. It's trail, it, it's closed for maintenance. We're expecting it to, to reopen on April 8th. Like we already have that kind of stuff built out on the back end because that allows us to power FlowFeed, but we can just as easily allow external trail managers to, you know, potentially build out a profile and operate a trail system with FlowFeed as well. So we've started having some of those conversations. You know, maybe there's a municipality or uh, a private resort or places that may be building trail systems from scratch. We can actually power an entire digital platform for them from day one. So uh, those are, I'd say, two big things is, is this recommendation engine and then, um, you know, bringing on people to actually allow FlowFeed to, to manage a trail system. Yeah, and James, That's incredible. one comment yeah. there. I, uh, I, I, love, I love building things that I myself and my family can use. Um, you know, I, I, I imaged my kids' ears many times over Christmas break because they had ear infections and was able to make decisions on that. But this is another good example there, not just on trail conditions, but like, you know, my son's learning how to do drops. So being able to go on there, quick, do a quick filter on drops and see, okay, there's, there's actually, you know, 22 trails I could go to that have varying uh, levels of drops. And let's spend today's going to be drop day, right? And we're going to go, we're going to go hit some of these. So some stuff like that, that you just can't get, you know, on other, other options or, or just isn't available elsewhere. That's some of the stuff that gets me really excited too. That's cool. Um, what uh, use cases, if any, uh, exist beyond mountain biking? Yeah, you know, we've, we kind of said early on, we felt like if you try to build something for everybody, you potentially build something for nobody. Um, mm-hmm. And so we wanted to be really focused on mountain biking and, and make sure that we could, um, you know, really understand that user well. Uh, but I mean, I think ultimately we'll see where it goes, but I, I mean, I think the features we're building are more trail management, right? If, if you wanted horses to go down your trail, or, I mean, I've had a friend approach me about, could I do this for, you know, my ATV and, and Jeep trail, like off-road trails, you know, I, those aren't things that we're specifically powering yet. Um, but, you know, down the road, I think the, some of the core capability and, and core features and, and things that were the way the back end is built we can really power trail management as a whole 
um, if we decide that's that's somewhere we want to go or, or have a customer base that wants to go there with us. That's great. Um, what's been the hardest thing or the hardest learning or, or that you've had, the thing that's been most difficult to dial in with the platform? Yeah. Yeah. So two things immediately come to mind. Um, the first one is communication of trail status. And this is something that doesn't seem it's it's deceptively difficult. It doesn't seem at first glance like something that's going to be a big problem that you're going to spend a ton of time, you know, rehashing and trying to figure out what's the best way to do it. But you know, the truth is, um, you know, our, our trail statuses right now um, are firm, uh, fair, and ruddy, and that can mean a lot of things. You know, to, to, does that does that what does that mean to different people and how they interpret it and then give us feedback has been really fascinating. And, and that's contributed to the way that we message those, the way that we define them. Um, you know, the, the way that people react to those in terms of, do I ride a fair trail? Right. And trying to, um, nail down what is the most effective and crisp communication around that to get the message across has been deceptively difficult. So that's something that we're always doing surveying on and trying to get right and trying to hit that sweet spot because we're never going to, we're never going to do, you know, it's, it's never going to be optimally communicated to everybody, but we got to, we got to communicate to the, you know, largest percentage of people that we can. So that's been one of them for sure. I would say on the technical side, the other one, um, freeze thaw and, you know, just, quick definition for anybody that's not not familiar freestyle is a condition that we that we see in the winter time uh down here in nwa and, and a lot of parts of the country see it where basically the you know the, the weather gets cold enough that uh, it gets down below freezing for long enough time that the ground actually freezes that consolidates some of the moisture in the soil and then as that starts to melt um it actually causes uh, ruddy conditions. It'll turn into basically peanut butter and, and not because there's been any precipitation, but just the dynamics of the ground freezing and, and then, uh, and then thawing. And that is a, a very complicated dynamic. You have to take in all, all kinds of things into consideration around, you know, the, the surface around the, the foliage around the sun placement with respect to the trail it gets very, uh, it gets very complex. So we spent, you know, a good portion of winter, um, learning, you know, iterating on, um, you know, how we compensate and, and accurately communicate freeze thaw conditions, uh, because if it's frozen, it's fine. Go ride it. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna damage a frozen trail. It's going to be really hard and probably hurt if you fall, but it's not going to damage it. Uh, but when it starts to thaw, some trails don't handle that well. So, that's been the other one. And, and we made a ton of progress over the winter season. And, uh, you know, I think we'll be in a really good spot to, uh, to really nail that as we move into the, you know, the next, uh, winter season later this year. Wow. If somebody tries to copy you, that is a tall hill to climb. Definitely um, got some barriers to entry that we've, we've found out along the way. It's great. Um, one of the things I love about your app is it, it feels like to me, and, and I think we've, we've sort of talked around it, uh, a, a bit, especially early on, uh, that if you're several hundred miles away and you've been thinking about driving over to Bentonville for the weekend or a few days to ride, um, the most intimidating thing about going anywhere in that situation is, am I even going to be able to ride if it just rained or or whatever, right? Not knowing about the trail conditions. And, and it, it feels like it can help folks make quicker decisions or even make the decision to take the risk on taking that trip that they'll actually be able to get to ride and, and have a good time. I'm not even sure what the question is I'm uh, thinking about here, but does that resonate with you? And what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Ryan kind of mentioned that earlier when you see on Facebook, somebody point blank asked that question. Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about driving up from Dallas this weekend. I know it rained, you know, a couple inches this week. Should I, you know, cancel my Airbnb? Um, mm-hmm. And you get such varied opinion, and some of it valid, some of it not. And it's it's how can we help people objectively make that decision? Um, and so I think one of the things that that a lot of folks outside Northwest Arkansas and even folks inside Northwest Arkansas don't don't understand fully is the variation of surface type that we have. And so a lot of times you may have a favorite trail system that you ride here, um, 
But there's so much variation from system to system that we can't apply this broad generalization to every trail when one trail looks a certain way. So you think about something like Kessler in Fayetteville is kind of a dark soil. Um, up here in, in Bentonville, we have a lot of clay cap trails. Um, you go over to Hobbs State Park, and that's a, a you know a rock-based shale um, trail that sheds water really well. You've got a fully paved area like Rail Yard Bike Park in Rogers. So we have so much variation of surface type that there's pretty much always something to ride. It's just we need to be able to communicate that effectively and then let people know, hey, if you just wanted to come and ride clay flow trails, then yes, maybe you don't make your trip. But if you want to come here and experience great mountain biking across a diverse set of, of um, trails um, and do other fun things while you're here, absolutely don't cancel your trip. We're going to help guide you around the mountain biking trail systems. And when you get here, you'll find out all the other fun perks about Northwest Arkansas. So uh, I think it's, it's, it's also kind of an education piece and, and helping people um, understand uh, what they don't know. And we have such a diverse set of trail system here that it's hard to do that. Uh, it's hard to conceptualize all that without some type of central platform. Yeah. So let's switch things up a bit. Um, so uh, we talked a little bit about uh, entrepreneurs earlier, about some of the resources that uh, could be available here. And in Bitville in Northwest Arkansas has this growing uh, base of, in fact, a ton of resources for entrepreneurs and, and more coming. Uh, could you tell me if y'all have tapped into any of those and if not directly with FlowFeed, how you've engaged uh, in that ecosystem and maybe even given in it, it into it yourselves? Yeah, sure. I can, uh, I can touch on that. So, so I, I started my first company in Champaign, Illinois, um, a couple hours South of Chicago. It's the, the, uh, University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing that they did really well was built, uh, an entrepreneurial ecosystem for that area. And I got to see what that looked like. And it's, uh, I was thrilled to start to see some of those same types of resources being cultivated, you know, here in, in NWA. And that was absolutely part of what went into my equation for deciding to come here and seeing that we are, you know, actively putting together things around, you know, incubation and acceleration of small companies, capital formations um, that, that would be useful to those companies, um, you know, stuff that's in specific verticals, you know, and I'll call out a few things here. So while well, FlowFeed FlowFeed has has used a couple for sure, especially with the uh, University of Arkansas. We've we've uh, got a fantastic intern through through one of their programs. Um, but uh, you know, Sarah Goforth at U of A, obviously just a, a rock star in this space. Um, you know, she runs a number of programs uh, that that I try to help with uh, as often as I can. Both Bryce and I um, have tried to give back. I mean, that's one thing that. I'm always uh, big on because I, I heavily used mentors to, you know, get to where I am. So, you know, that giving back component is important. So um, the, you know, the I-Corps program, I've I mentored a, a, a group out of U of A last year. I'm doing another one now. Uh, the new venture development program that Sarah runs, the, the venture mentoring service, uh, both Bryce and I are involved in that. Um, you've got the, uh, you know, GORP that's, uh, run by, uh, Phil Schellheimer, uh, the outdoor recreation accelerator, Toby Teeter running the Benville collaborative and some of the really neat stuff that's going on there. Uh, some stuff around med tech that's in the works and trying to, to build up these, uh, the, these kind of, um, verticals and, and expertise within a certain area. So, uh, I love that this list keeps growing and, uh, I think it's, it, it makes me super bullish on this area for cultivating, you know, these entrepreneurs through providing resources like this. Yeah. One of the things that drew me here, uh, was exactly this, uh, same thing, this building ecosystem. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed that, uh, Sarah Goforth and the University of Arkansas and the Entre Office of Entrepreneurship and Innovation, uh, does really well that, um, in fact, I would say is best in class at is finding the best programs out there and not duplicating them, but creating similar circumstances, right? Uh, taking uh, what works in other programs and applying them here in the way that works here. For example, the uh, venture mentoring service that was kicked off a few months ago, they went to MIT. They learned all about their program. That's about pretty much the, the standard, the gold standard out there, right? Uh, they went to Stanford and looked at their biodesign program. Again, by clearly the gold standard 
in uh, that space. And they've brought uh, their version of those programs here. And on the mentoring part, I have mentored in dozens of programs around the country and even internationally. And I can't count a single one that has made mentoring as easy and as efficient as the University of Arkansas has done uh, with theirs. They, they make it easy for mentors to be able to do it. And they hold the entrepreneur's feet to the fire uh, too. And, and it's a program that I think uh, has a lot of upset. Um, taking a look at my notes here. Uh, one of the best ways to get to know a place is to hear not just about it in the snapshot in time, but what happened before. Uh, Bryce, I guess you've been here in Northwest Arkansas somewhere around eight-ish years uh, Ryan, you've got a little over a year here now. How has this place uh, changed? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just looking at how it's changed on my drive home every day, I mean, it's incredible. The, uh, of course, the amount of development is is easy to see um, from a physical standpoint. Um, but I also think the when people outside of Northwest Arkansas hear the name, there starts to be something different now, right? People are thinking of different things. Like you all have talked about earlier, you know, Ryan's working on, uh, you know, Web3 stuff and med tech and outdoor recreation. Like, you know, we're no longer just where Walmart is. There, There's this whole other narrative that's being built um, that that is resonating with people. Um, you know, I think another thing that, that I've noticed over the last decade uh, almost that I've been here is I, I've got two people I know now in their 20s, one from California, one from New York that both moved here because they wanted to. I would say 10 years ago, that was a much more difficult conversation to, to, to companies were trying to get people to move here. And now people are wanting to move here uh, completely void of who they work for, right? Um, so I think that's been a big shift in, in just the, the desire for people to be here. And then I think what's also interesting to think about is what hasn't changed while all of this in, is changing is some of these things that I think are, make, Northwest Arkansas is so great. So we talked about, you know, this collaborative nature where, you know, I've been involved in the technology scene specifically in, in San Francisco and in New York um, through some different projects and, you know, how, how much those environments often feel like walled gardens, right? You've, you've got to know somebody, you've got to be somebody to, to get in the room. Um, the room is open for everybody here. Um, and so I think that has been really cool to see that as we've had so much growth and so much development, the room is still open for everybody, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, um, you know, everybody's open to talk, everybody's accessible. And I think that's been really encouraging. And I think the, the kind of the grit and the determination that built Northwest Arkansas, you look at the Walmarts and the Tysons and the JB Hunts, you know, those were, uh, you know, kind of dirty, gritty companies. Um, and so I think that just continues to infiltrate through other things that are being built here, too. You know, there's um, not, uh, you know, Brian mentioned, you know, access to capital is tough here still while it's while it's being open. But I mean, you're finding people that are really scrappy, that are bootstrapping their business and making it work. And so I think once that capital becomes even more accessible, we'll only see that continue to multiply because uh, people are already so gritty and scrappy here. So I think I kind of turned your question on its head a little bit, but those are two things that I've been encouraged to see haven't changed as we have kind of seen this, you know, rapid growth and, and develop. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we've talked a lot about mountain biking. We've talked some about the outdoors. There's so much more here. Uh, some of the, even some of the areas we haven't touched yet, you know, aviation, um, smart mobility, uh, again, areas that um, people are going to be very surprised about uh, here in Northwest Arkansas over the coming years and already are in some of the announcements that have happened uh, in the past few months. But, you know, our state of Arkansas has long been known for its uh, scenic outdoor beauty um, and its attractions. And our reputation has served us as sort of a safety net during uh, the pandemic such that, uh, you know, people could come here instead of remaining in some challenging uh, sort of urban destinations, right? Most people know about then Bentonville in Northwest Arkansas as the home of the world's largest company or as this company or as this um, uh, place that has laid claim to the title of uh, the uh, mountain biking capital of the world. But how else should people know us? 
Yeah, I can, I can take that. So, um, given that I, I, I travel a lot for, uh, my medical device company and spend a lot of time on the coasts and, and, you know, meeting investors, meeting other entrepreneurs. And it's always interesting, you know, when you start that introduction and getting to know each other and it's like, where are you from? It's like Arkansas. It's like, Oh, I, I can't say that I've heard that one recently. Right. And so let's talk about that. And that's, you know, what I, I, th- I think when I see things like the programs going on here and, and I forget, I forget specifically who offers this program, but to, to fly, you know, tech folks one way from other cities like Austin, you know, on billboards, I think it's brilliant, but uh, I think that's spot on that, that reassures me that the people here that are, are trying to, to, you know, move this area forward in terms of, of bringing in talent and, and entrepreneurship and all that stuff, they really know what they're doing because, uh, that's kind of the way I approach it. I, you know, when I get into a conversation about where I live and we talk about it and I, I talk about how amazing it is, I tell people, you know, if I can get you on a plane, uh, I will make you question your current state of residence because if I can get you here, uh, you will love it. And uh, I, I think that's, that's the way that I approach it. And I just leave it as a challenge, right? If you, you don't agree with me, you don't believe me, hop on the plane, you know, let's, uh, let, let's, let me show you around. I think, you know, what people should know us by, I mean, the, the nature, which is obvious, the recreation, which is growing so fast. But also history, you know, art, huge one, right? Um, and, th- and that's something that, you know, I was talking to somebody in an Uber in in San, uh, sorry, where was it? it? Was L.A. It was um, L.A. two weeks ago or something like that. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, and I've I've really been wanting to get over to to uh, Crystal Bridges. It's, here it's amazing. So this art scene that that is actually drawing people, which is amazing. Um, food, right? Really a focus on food, really good food, really diverse food, culture, entrepreneurship." blockchain that I mentioned earlier, you know, Web3, I think the the fact that we have a, a, a center of excellence uh, at the university around blockchain, and I know for a fact we have several entrepreneurs in that space, um, that's just uh, some really neat stuff about this area that, um, you know, people don't really recognize. And, and that's some of the stuff that we should definitely be known by and people should come experience. Yeah, I, I like the idea of challenging somebody. Of course, you know, I do economic development here and uh, that is uh, what you said really resonates with me. Um, folks first ask Arkansas, where's that? Or I haven't heard that one in a while, as as Ryan said. And, and then they ask Northwest Arkansas, where is that? And then I challenge them because they're geographically challenged. Northwest. Yeah. Uh, and then many times uh, when I say Bentonville, they say, oh, I've heard of that. And what's becoming increasingly uh, the case is that it's not because of Walmart that they've heard about Bentonville. And many times it's because they've heard about mountain biking, but it is because they're hearing about arts and culture and culinary and all these other things that, that we've talked about and what an amazing place it is. And so if you can get somebody on the ground here, then it it changes everything for them. I tell folks, if you're going to come visit, pack an extra bag, because you might be sending for your things. You might have a longer stay than you planned, and that stay could be permanent. Absolutely. And we may have lost Ryan here. Uh, that's I'm, the uh, challenge. Oh, he's back. Hear. I hear that uh, Bryce tells hey, me that, that my... Uh, can you see me now? Yes. We can, we can see you now. Okay, sorry. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely here. I've heard it all. Uh, I, I completely agree. Sometimes I'll I'll start a conversation, not by saying I'm from Arkansas, but say... I live a mile from the largest company on the planet and just see where that goes, right? Or largest company in the U.S., whatever. And, uh, you know, that always starts a conversation. And that's, that's another way that I typically get into that one. Um, guys, tell me a story. Tell me um, a story that uh, is, I guess you would call it a hashtag because Bentonville moment, something that could only happen here or something that just really shares the essence of this place. Hmm. While you're thinking, I'll share mine, and it's not so much of a story. Uh, uh, it's not really a long story. I was pulling into the parking lot of the office one day, and the Razorback Greenway runs right behind our office. And uh, this was, I guess, a few months after uh, being here. And for the first time in my life, I saw a bike detour sign. And I thought, that is hashtag because Bentonville. That's great. I'll share one. And and I think, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about what our, what Northwest Arkansas is known for in addition to retail. But I think, uh, I mean, this is a, a huge industry, right? That, that I don't think we should forget. Um, so I was in 
Los Angeles for a, a tech event a few years ago. And there was a startup that we were working with at, at Eye to Eye Labs, um, had a great product, um, but they were having trouble scaling because they couldn't find any um, warehouse engineers to uh, basically be on their team. They needed to to kind of take that next step and get out of the garage and actually um, kind of inundate themselves in the industry. And they were like, where in the world do you find these people? And to be able to tell them uh, around basically go sit in any restaurant and you can talk to somebody who's run the largest distribution center in the country and uh, is now doing a consulting gig and um, would be happy to join your team. I mean, I think the the resources, because once people exit that industry here, they stay, right? We've talked about the quality of life. Um, and I think this conglomeration of people that just continue to to stay here and offer their advice I mean, there's, I know a CTO of, of multiple Fortune 500 companies who retired to Bella Vista to mountain bike and is now, you know, a Fortune 500 CTO will go on a mountain bike ride with you and, and offer you expertise on the, you know, technology startup you're building. So I think that, that I think that's kind of a because Bentonville hashtag moment for me is, is just, I think we sometimes take for granted the incredible um, expertise that does live mm-hmm. here because of the big three. Um, and, and how rare that is for that knowledge to be so easy to access. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I would say a lot of a lot of small moments in, in kind of two categories. One of them being, you know, what Bryce just said: the the people you run into here is is pretty incredible. And and even in spaces you wouldn't really think. You know, when I came down here, being in the medical device space, I knew there wasn't a ton of infrastructure down here. There wasn't. You know, aside from hospitals, there wasn't any big, you know, industry, uh, anything like that in the space. But, but you know, just getting to know people around here, you're running into one of the executives of one of the largest insurers in the country uh, that that lives in Bentonville, and just some some stuff like that that you it just really surprises you who to run into. Um, and then I think the other one uh, that I always chuckle at, uh, you know, I I, I live like a hundred feet from slaughter pen. So we have really good trail access and, you know, I'll catch myself talking to friends from out of town or, or, you know, Airbnb guests. And, and I, I kind of feel like a tool afterwards cause it's, it's a, it's a very singular mindset, but like, you know, I, I'll mention, yeah, I just really, you know, I really hate like getting in the car to drive 15 minutes to a trail. It's just, uh, you know, and that's, that's something that's distinctly Bentonville. I feel like, right. Like, to be that uh, kind of privileged from a mountain biking access perspective to, uh, you know, blink an eye at a, at a 20 minute drive to go down, you know, to Springdale, to hit Fitzgerald or something like that. And uh, that's one that I've caught myself a few times. I'm like, I need to be careful. That makes me sound like a, a spoiled brat. <laughs> I think it's great. Hey, uh, for sake of time, I'll, I'll skip a section of my questions. I, I, th- I feel like we could do like five hours. There's so many different directions we could go. As we start wrapping up, uh, where can our viewers find Flow Feed? Uh, what What's your website? What social should they follow? Those sort of things. Yeah. So we've tried to make it really easy. And Flow Feed is what you should search on any platform. Um, our direct website, uh, we've got two. So I'll send everybody to the first one because it's got some more description on kind of our methodology and what we're about. So if you just go to flowfeed.app, so F-L-O-W-F-E-E-D dot app, um, that will kind of give you some background information on why we exist, kind of how we're thinking about solving this problem. And then at the very top corner, you'll see a, a little button that says the app. You just click on that and that will take you to dot flowfeed.app or sorry nwa.flowfeed.app and that's where you'll actually see the live running app for uh, our region Um, kind of what we've done here is we've made this uh, optimized for web so it's not uh, an app you have to download it's not a native app it's a it's a mobile web experience Um, and the reason we did that is because you know people have a lot of apps in this space and so to get somebody to try it out we're not going to make you download anything click the button and hopefully you'll save it on your home screen. Um, and so that's kind of an easy way to start seeing what we do. We're on Facebook, Flowfeed on Facebook, Flowfeed on Instagram. We have a Twitter that we have some ideas for, but but haven't activated quite yet. But Flowfeed on on Twitter as well. So hopefully we'll start building some stuff there. 
Um, and I think I saw if you type in flow feed on Google now, we're the first result. So we've we've got enough traffic there. Awesome. We'll, we'll show up first on Google. So uh, it's pretty easy. But yep, just search flow feed across anything and, and you'll make your way to us. Awesome. Nice job. Hey, uh, what should I have asked you that I didn't? Yeah, I can take this one. So I, I was going to interrupt you if you didn't let me say anything else uh, as you were wrapping up anyway. So thanks for the thanks for the opportunity. I think you, you know I'd, I'd be I'd be remiss if we didn't lay out at least some stuff that like you know what what do we need right now and what are we looking for and how can people help and get yeah. involved and uh, you know one of the big things is is uh, frankly right now we're exploring partnership strategy. We're trying to figure out you know we don't want to. Um, we don't want to charge users uh, ever, really, and so we're we're trying to figure out ways. You know, how do we keep development going while while also delivering an excellent product without, yeah, you know, creating barriers to be able to use the resource. So you know, whether that's businesses in the community, whether that's you know, economic development corporations of some sort. You know, uh, let's start up some conversations, right? Because uh, we we are here to to really try to make this place better. And we're really open to to all different types of of collaborations. And if you're if you're a mountain biker out there, you know, come check us out. We every trail card on our app has a feedback button on it, and you know, we love getting feedback. So if you have some, you know, this is missing a a, a trail feature, throw it in there. If if you think we're off on a on a trail condition given during a certain day, you know, throw it in there. We've got you know email. We've got Facebook. Reach out to us uh, if you've got ideas. We're always happy to listen to them. So the main thing is engage. You know, we we'd love to uh, we'd love to chat uh, pretty much anytime. So uh, that's my plug. Thank you, uh, James, for opening that up for us. Yeah, and I, oh, I, that's I, fantastic. I add on maybe yeah. one more uh, to add onto the list of people to help. I think the. Um, you know, to make FlowFeed really valuable, uh, things like closures are huge for us, right? So we need groups, trail builders, uh, trail managers, people funding these projects to let us know when new trails are being developed, when trails are being closed for maintenance or closed to be redone. We're kind of a centralized way to communicate that with everybody, but we've got to know about it. Um, so, you know, the more folks that we can get feeding us that information, and, and we're happy to, you know, work on some ways to maybe build out some custom integrations to make that easy as possible, but just people helping us get up to date information um, for, for some of those manual closures are also a huge piece for us. I love the ask. Um, so now I really need to add to my list of at least the top line items, uh, serial entrepreneurs who have success, who know what the heck they're doing, uh, diverse experiences, and they're smart enough to ask Every entrepreneur, if, if, if you're listening out there and you're an entrepreneur, every single time you talk with somebody, have an ask, be prepared with the ask, make it actionable. And those were definitely actionable asks. So we should don't, talk more. Don't be afraid to, to close on a, on a podcast opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. The question I didn't tell you about, this is going to sound like it came straight out of left field. And I've, I'm really interested to hear your, your answers. If you had a superpower and... That superpower had a limitation. What would it be? And I'll give you an example. Mine would be if I was uh, watching a sporting event. It's probably an Arkansas Razorback sporting event. And I really wanted to be at the game. I could pick up my remote, press a magic button. It would transport me in. And the limitation would be that I would have to take somebody with me. Not so bad so far, right? Except that that person would absolutely hate sports, period and would nonstop complain about it the whole time. What's yours? I can tell you've rehearsed that answer. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot. Uh, superpower would be, um, you know, one of the, one of the best, the ability to be one of the best trail riders in the world. And, and the limitation was that I, I, I only knew how to ride a gravel bike. So could shred those trails real hard, but I had to do it on a gravel bike. Nice. So I'm I'm big into music and, and love producing music. So I would say, you know, being able to on demand, like snap your fingers and make a hit song, but it would have to be in a genre that I despise. Like, you know, snapping my fingers and making like a number one country hit that I, I would be huge, but would not enjoy it the entire time. So uh, that'd probably be mine. Nice. Uh, that's a great one. 
Hey, Bryce and Ryan, thanks for joining us today on the Bentonville Beacon and uh, really appreciate you spending the time with us. I hope our listeners uh, got as much out of it as I did. Learned a lot of new things about you. I didn't know super insightful information and I uh, can't wait uh, to uh, see you uh, grow and, and be uh, super successful with uh, FlowFeed. To the listeners out there, if you enjoyed what you heard today and you're yearning for more, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcasting player. And if you'd like to learn more about uh, Bittenville, and you keep coming back and, and listening to us, but also go to BittenvilleEconomicDevelopment.com. So I hope you'll come back next week to hear more about Bittenville's business leaders, our town in Northwest Arkansas, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Thanks. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.